Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Castor. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 12.40 KFH. Sports Daily on KFH, Jacob Albrock, Tommy Castor. It is a Friday. It is the Friday before the Super Bowl. All kinds of good stuff coming up today. We are jam-packed as if it wasn't enough to have a Super Bowl and a big weekend of college basketball. We get massive news in conference realignment talk as it pertains to the Big 12. We have K-State's golden son and top assistant being courted and flirting with Notre Dame. Colin Klein. We'll get into those stories. Uh, We've got to make some picks for the Super Bowl. We'll pick the games. We'll each throw a couple of props at you that we like as well. That's coming up at the top of the second hour. All kinds of stuff coming up uh, in the show today, Tommy. And uh, let's just dive right in because we have a lot to get to here. How are you this morning? Man, I'm good. I'm ready to get into it today. Uh, We have put off making our picks for the last two weeks on this game. And I, I still don't know if I'm any more solidified in what I think, but that's okay. We, we, we can't wait any longer. We got to get into it. Yeah. Let's uh, let's dive in uh, the Super Bowl Again, we'll make those picks. You've got MV Pat MVP, Patrick Mahomes, no surprises there. Uh, it's what we all expected. Uh, but in the interest of timing in this show, we're going to start with college realignment talk and Texas and Oklahoma Uh, just after we thought they'd be forced to stay an extra year, are getting the early exit now from the Big 12 after next season. That's financially advantageous to the Big 12. Uh, The $100 million they would have collected goes back to the league. And I don't know how that'll get distributed, but whatever. Uh, They're going to have to pay for it, basically. And now the talk begins, and Dennis Dodd reports for CBS Sports, that as that opens up, the Big 12 plans to aggressively further explore expansion Uh, they will have a 12-team league when the dust settles they'll get the 14-team league for one year with Texas and Oklahoma then they'll have the 12-team league and we've talked about a long time now never settle in this world and I'm so glad to see that the Big 12 plans to stay aggressive remain aggressive try to get out west in whatever way that they can and all of those things that we wondered about Brett Yormark doing and and staying ahead of the curve he's doing and as you read that you know this is likely going to be the last major realignment when the dust settles on this in the Pac-12 for a while now is the time to be aggressive and there are reports that they're trying to get Gonzaga as a basketball only school we've talked about it here at least I have I think there's an opportunity for the Big 12 to create a basketball network that has national appeal. I mean, we know it because we already watch it and see how good it is, but you start throwing the best of the best into a basketball league, and look, after this weekend, Tommy, it's college basketball season, right? Like, for the whole country. As, you know, people are still always obviously locked into the NFL, and you have your NBA fans, but there's a whole lot of people that are about to start looking for time and attention and getting ready for the tournament, and you're going to have two and a half months 
of college basketball being a big-time ticket. So, yeah, if you're the Big 12, push it. All of those kinds of things matter, and it sounds like the conversations are in place to make them happen. Yeah, and Dennis Dodd is also reporting that not only could the Big 12 go after those four corner schools that we talked about for a while that uh, they could bring away, take away from the Pac-12. You're talking about Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado. uh, And, you know, not only can they do that, but then there's also conversations that some of the schools that the Pac-12 is targeting for their own expansion If that falls through, the Big 12 could be right there to poach them, like San Diego State. I've heard SMU is an interesting name. I mean, that's a Texas school in the American Conference, and there have been some rumblings that they might be interested in leaving the American and going to the Pac-12. But if that falls through, then maybe the Big 12 could be a landing spot. I think that they're... I think that ultimately, you know, everything has a trickle down effect, right? And so when you've got Oklahoma and Texas negotiating that final exit then the door is cracked open for more expansion, and then the trickle-down effect happens with the smaller conferences. I don't think the American you know, is one of those conferences that we're going to look at when the dust settles and say, yeah, they're in a pretty good position because I just don't – I don't think they are. I mean, they've, they've added some schools like North Texas and UAB yep. and Rice, and that's fine. And those are that's good all, basketball schools. It's all well and good. But, you know, if you're – they've already announced that, you know, they're losing teams like Houston and uh, Cincinnati and all of that. But if they lose others like SMU and potentially other programs that are currently in that conference, that's not going to be good for the Americans. So ultimately there's always a trickle-down effect, and we're seeing that play out right now. Well, and it, it leans itself into Wichita State, obviously, and where do the Shockers ultimately need to be in all of this? Do they fit? Do they profile better in a basketball league? Probably so. Where does the Americans stand as a basketball league as the dust settles? And, you know, back to yesterday's conversations, that's very much a part of how much pressure right now is on the new administration to figure this out because it's going to have long-lasting implications. I don't know. And and the other interesting thing about the conversation with the Big 12 is there are talks now that San Diego State and uh, – who's the other look at flirting with the Pac-12? SMU. SMU, right speaking of the American, are would be willing to jump in and take a lesser share, basically. Yeah. And that makes total sense to me from their perspective and from these leagues' perspectives, because why not, right? Like, at the end of the day, I, I don't think you can, you're ever really going to water down the Super Leagues now. Um, I think that, look, if, if the Pac-12 can't get San Diego State, the Big 12 needs to get San Diego State and Boise State and and like everybody that you can get, right? And just try to establish yourself. I mean, get on the phone with New Mexico and give them a lesser share. Um, you know, it it may maybe it hurts you football, but it doesn't hurt you in basketball. And 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 I don't know enough about New Mexico and the other sports, but that's a program, a basketball program with some rich history. And so go find any of them. Who's going to take UNLV, right? Like who's right. going to get into these markets? You know, Albuquerque's not a tiny market. Vegas is certainly a great market. San Diego's a great market. You're looking to get west. If you can get schools to come in and say, look, you can come in, you're not getting the same kind of money that we're getting with our, you know, established members that drive big-time football programs, but you can get better what you've got right now. And, And you amplify our footprint 
And we'll throw in bonuses if you win the league and do things like this for your school. Go be awesome, and you can make more money. And so I think those conversations are happening. I really, there aren't a lot of, I mean, there are certainly would be schools that don't move the needle and would hurt the league, but but you'd have to go down the rung a little bit. And for Wichita State, when they hear this, and they see what's happening in the American, and how likely is it that Memphis is going to be a long-term American school? Right. Um, I, I think that, you, you've got to be aggressive, do your homework. Is the Big 12 going to offer a, a basketball school like Wichita State? Probably not, but you make the call. Let's find out. And if not them, hey, Big East, what do you think? Hey, you know, whomever. Or evaluate the American properly and say, this is a pretty good fit for us. This, this does fit our profile. And, and, you know, those things become important too because, you know, Wichita State – had a lot of success in a lot of years in the Valley, and the Valley is not what the American is, despite what people might say. The American's much better than the Valley, but we'll see. I mean, it's all very fluid and interesting, but man, I got to tell you, like I have the supreme confidence right now in what a difference six, eight months makes because it felt like the Big 12 had no direction, was going to dissolve because they weren't aggressive enough to now being at the forefront of the next generation of what these leagues can look like. And they're doing it on the heels of their two biggest, most money-generating entities leaving. It's like they've turned this catastrophic negative into an unbelievable positive because they've readjusted and shuffled now. And we already know the money's better, right? We already know they got more money, which nobody thought they could do, including the former commissioner. A joke. But here we go, and now the new frontier, it seems like the Big 12's out front, and and they're you know zigging while others are zagging, and they're going to use it to its advantage. And I don't think expansion is done, Tommy, and I, I'm excited to see who else they might be able to get bite. Yeah, I, I'm not ready yet to crown the Big 12 as uh, celebrating this whole thing because I want to see exactly – what the end game is. And I, again, I don't have any doubt in, in Brett Yormark. I think he's done a phenomenal job and he's done a, a whole hell of a lot better than the former commissioner, Bob Bowlesby. There's no doubt about that. But at the end of the day, I mean, the, the big 12, they were forced when Texas and Oklahoma decided to leave, they were forced to prioritize quantity over quality. And I'm not saying that they're not prioritizing quality. I'm just saying that quantity is bigger right now than quality is they want to have the number of schools to help try to make up for what they're losing in texas and oklahoma i get that strategy because you're not gonna there there aren't other texas and oklahomas that are floating out there that you can just go and get so it's been a, a conversation of quantity over quality and i get it but i want to see what this you know additional expansion looks like if they can revisit the conversation to go out and get those four corner schools i mean adding arizona arizona state Colorado, Utah, and football, who has been a top 15 program for the last few years, that would go a long way. And I love that idea. Um, you know, you mentioned the basketball only division. I mean, the Big East has been doing this for a long time, right? This is nothing new. And so if you could have a, a potentially a basketball division that includes maybe a Gonzaga, um, you know, some of the, the more top tier basketball programs that you could then you know, add in to be not maybe a full member, but a basketball type thing. I'm on board with that too. I want to see the way that this whole thing develops another team, another school that comes to mind as somebody that if I'm Brett Yormark, I'm going to make a phone call to see if they might be interested is Tulane. 
Look at what Tulane has done with football. I mean, I know it's been this year only, and it, you know, I, it could be a flash in the pan. Who knows? But New Orleans is not a tiny market, uh, and, and so you know, you make that phone call to Tulane, and they bring a good football program, and what we've seen so far in the American this year, a good basketball program too. Not a great one, but a good one. That could be another school that I would be interested in at least having a conversation with. So again, this this whole thing. Um, interests me because of the fact that Wichita State is in the American and I think that the the Big 12 and Brett Yormark they're obviously already looking at the Pac-12 they've already looked at the American but there could be some other schools in that American conference that they could be interested in yeah I mean I would talk to Memphis um you know the, the, and I <laughs> and I'm not going to pretend that I know all the ins and outs of what makes one school attractive versus another. Just I, I, we only obviously look at it for the most part from a competitive standpoint, right? How competitive could they be? Uh, and, it, and it's more complicated than that. But the, but the way Memphis right now recruits top level basketball players, and yeah, they get their tails kicked right now in the in the Big Twelve. But they bring star power, and at you know at some point you think that that star power is going to get it together. They're sort of the Kentucky. Right, Kentucky light bring in all these great prospects, but have a really hard time getting them to play together in such a short amount of time. It will be fascinating to see it, but and and I am ready to crown the Big Twelve right now because they went and got a TV deal that was much better than the one they currently had when everyone said it was going to be half as good. So I'm ready to crown them. Like if this is all they do, it was a success. But there can be more, and I think that they're very keenly aware of that. I think that. You know, there's still, I think, one more seismic shift coming that probably won't impact the Big 12 a whole lot other than West Virginia might get in danger, right? Um, when ultimately, I think the the ACC is going to get poached by the Big 10 and SEC, and they'll be in this position too. But, you know, anything you can do now to bolster these things and get stronger and who knows, right? Like, maybe you call the ACC and say, guys, let's work together on this. Like, you're going to get poached. I can promise you that. The Pac-12 just got poached. We got poached. They're coming for you when they can. So let's get out ahead of it and make it so financially enticing through, a you know, whatever, a coast-to-coast -coast league that they can't do that. So I don't know. Pipe dream. But what I do know is there's still good expansion out there if you're the Big 12. And while it might water the football product down some, I think that matters less than people think it matters. Because I'm going to tell you right now, Big Ten football product is watered down. There is some awful football if you watch every Big Ten game, right? Like, those might be big, mighty schools with great fan bases, but their teams suck. And nobody cares, right? So, yeah, maybe you don't go get this massive fan base if you go get a team like San Diego State. But guess what? They're good in football every year. There so are is also Boise some State. Schools, there are also some schools in the Big Ten that are not powerhouse programs like Northwestern and Rutgers. Like they're, well, but they've got, they're in the Big Ten, they've got right? Huge, they've got huge financial footprints, though. And, that stuff, and that's what I'm saying. Like it's not sometimes – sometimes when you talk about expansion and you would say, like for the Big 12, go get – and this would have been last year, right? Go get Colorado. Why? They're the worst program in the country. Don't care, right? Don't care at all. 
you don't think the Big Ten, Nebraska has disappointed every year forever. You don't think the Big Ten likes having Nebraska? You'd be crazy, right? So sometimes it doesn't matter. Like, where does your footprint need to go? And and right now, and this is, you know, what matters more than anything else, it's about these TV deals. And getting out west into that window is what's critical. So if you can get enough schools that hit that time zone, which give you the late window, right, gives you the 9 p.m. kickoffs here in the Central, if you can get that, or the 10 p.m., whatever it is, if you can get that through however many schools it takes that you have at least one of those games every week in your scheduling, you've made yourself so much stronger. Because the reality is, yeah, maybe you're not super jacked up about I'll just keep using San Diego State as an example. Maybe you're not excited about watching San Diego State if you're just a general Big 12 fan, but you're going to watch them when K-State's there. You're going to watch them when KU's there. You're going to watch them if any of the teams are contending for a national title and they've got to go out there and play, right? Like you're watching all those games. And so that's the key and that's the ticket. Get out there so that you've got games in the window. More often than not, yeah, you're going to get some duds out there. There's no question about that. Uh, good good news for, for the Big 12 right now is people can still bet on duds. So they're going to watch, right? Yeah, we're going to watch right. football because you can bet football. Uh, and I also you know, think that it's incredibly important for your mark to revisit that conversation with the Arizonas and the Utahs. And I mean, they already have BYU. So they're already in that part of the country that, you know, they're joining next year. So that, you know, the geog, the geography works when you're bringing in potentially like a Utah or something like that from the PAC 12. But then as it relates back, you know, just real briefly with Wichita state, as if Kevin Saul doesn't have enough to do as the athletic director, I think it's important that, you know, he understands. And I think he does understands the landscape of the way things are moving. I mean, the, the American has already lost Houston and Cincinnati and UCF. It looks like SMU may be the next to go, whether that's to the Pac-12 or maybe to the Big 12, but it looks like they may be the next to go. They're going to they're uh, lose anybody who's asked. Right, absolutely. And so I think that it's important that for the Shockers, they are proactive in this, and at least, you know, I don't necessarily think that they need to be out right now asking to go somewhere else but at least understanding the landscape and how it might change uh because you know i i think you're right i think memphis is going to be a team that's going to get poached i think tulane might be one so i think that it's important that you know that this this administration at wichita state they understand the landscape and they at least have you know some contingency plans in place as to what their next move might be well i think they are because we've asked it right the first week first or second week uh first handful of conversations that at least I've had with Kevin Saul. That was one of the questions that's on my mind. I think it's the most important question and move or not move of his administration will be that. And if he makes a great or a terrible hire, if they make a change in men's basketball. They've done already, though, some great things, right? They've gotten the the softball facilities upgrade underway which was absolutely a necessity and absolutely the direction you want to go with one of the hottest programs on campus right he's made his change in baseball um, and and sort of drawn a line in the sand there this conference realignment for the shockers will be fascinating right i think one of the great things that happened in the last athletic administration and it doesn't 
enough credit is probably not given there because of the way things ended. What, but was getting into the American right at that time? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that league at that time was fantastic, right? And it's slowly been poached away since then. Um, and that's you know that's I, I don't blame that on Wichita State because at the time the American was so dang aggressive. They just they couldn't quite get it done. They almost got it done to becoming a major power conference. Um, and it just didn't happen. So now you've got to be able to adjust and shuffle and and do whatever it is that you need to do. And and those conversations will happen. Yeah, I, I don't want to hear from anybody that, you know, right now says, oh, you know, the Shockers should have never left for the American. Look at the conference now. They should have stayed in the Valley. Okay, at the time, the, they absolutely were making the right move. And, and you know, I think that, uh, you could tell that, you know, whoever, how many years it was going to be, there was going to be a, a change up in the way that conferences are formed and the teams in, in different conferences. But you couldn't have known that at the time. And at the time, that was absolutely the right move for Wichita State to make. And, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Sure, I guess. Uh, but I, I don't think that it's fair to say, and I've heard people say this, they should have never left the Valley because look at the American now. Well, come on. Like at the time, that was the right move to make. Well, it's... <laughs> P.S. The American's still way better than the Valley. Uh, yeah. it, it is. Even with the losses, it's still better than the Valley. Okay. Um, let's talk about the Colin Klein story because we have some breaking news there within the hour. So, we, you know, we didn't talk about this yesterday. I, it just sort of flew on the radar very recently. Notre Dame has been courting him hard. He has been there, according to reports, interviewing. We have some breaking news on that front. K-State fans, we'll have that for you right after this on Sports Daily. Sigh of relief today for K-State fans. Welcome back to Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster here on the Friday before the Super Bowl. We will get to Super Bowl talk at the top of the next hour and dive in deep with that to end the show today for a full hour. But man, I got to tell you, I didn't see the Colin Klein stuff yesterday until I was laying in bed about to go to sleep. And I was like, oh, no, like this is could be catastrophic for K-State. Colin Klein was getting courted hard by Notre Dame and apparently has all kinds of ties to that coaching staff. Um, You know they probably threw a big old bag at him and all of these things. And I'm just like, man, you know, Colin Klein isn't everything to K-State right now by any means. And I, I never want to, and I think this happens sometimes, I never want to diminish Chris Kleiman's role and everything because it's the you know the most paramount. But if Kleiman ever leaves and you know all these things, like Klein's the guy everybody's sort of leaning on. Klein's the guy that I think has played a large part in, in a lot of these recruiting successes lately. And I just like thought, oh man, what a deflating feeling that would be. And then we get the reporting this morning, Tommy Heather Denich first that Colin Klein turned down Notre Dame. He's staying home. Kellis Robinette of uh, of. Kansas.com and, and and a couple places who reports on the Wildcats confirmed that report said, you know, he just too loves it at home too much. I would imagine there was probably some financial incentives to keep him around, which kudos to Gene Taylor, who continues to knock it out of the park. Whatever whatever happened to keep Colin Klein away from there um, is 
I would venture to guess going to be a critical part of the continued success of K-State. You've got to keep him home. Yeah, it sounds like Notre Dame going after him hard uh, with yes. a substantial uh, increase and then the fact that he would be calling plays for the Fighting Irish. Uh, you know, and, and the national profile of playing for Notre Dame, you yep. know, that, that's going to be difficult to turn down. Now, Kansas State is a better program currently than Notre Dame is, but Notre Dame still has that national window, I think, you know, and they've got the, the eyes on that, that program. But I would say from, I mean, just look at the success of the season this last year. I think Kansas State is a, currently a better program in a better place than Notre Dame. They've got a, a relatively new head coach and Marcus Freeman had a little bit of struggles. Um, but of course, we know the allure and the appeal nationally of the Fighting Irish and the Notre Dame brand. And so that would have been really difficult to turn down. It also sounds like Notre Dame wasn't the only school that was going after Colin Klein. Did you see the report that Alabama had reached out to no. Colin Klein about potentially no. going there? I also heard Notre Dame, <laughs> or no, not Notre Dame, but uh, Texas A&M. A couple of other programs had an interest in Colin Klein. But regardless, and I would imagine, I think that you are absolutely spot on when you say that he's probably going to get a, a nice raise to stay at home. Uh, but th this is big for the continuity of this Wildcats program moving forward. Well, the market tells you he deserves the raise, right? If those schools are coming to call, then the market tells you he deserves to raise. Uh, quickly, though, Kansas State had a better season than Notre Dame. Kansas State might be a better fit than Colin Klein. Kansas State is not a better football program than Notre Dame right now, just because of the financial and recruiting advantages that Notre Dame has. Notre Dame had a bad year last year. They still got a top 10 recruiting class. We're, we're like clamoring over this K-State recruiting class, Tommy. We think it's one of the best ever, and I agree with that. It's ranked like 30th nationally. Notre Dame has a top 10 recruiting class next year. Uh, sorry, a top, yeah, top 10 recruiting class next year and currently the second ranked recruiting class in 2024. Um, so, you know, that appeal, that program always, I mean, unless it just something changes that's never changed before, is always going to be at least a top 10 job, if not, you know, yeah, higher than but that. But look, I mean, look, your, your record is what you say you are. And so... Right. Right this now, year. Kansas State. But they've been in a year, college right. football playoff. That's what I'm saying. Right now, yeah, right this two second, years ago. Kansas State is in a better spot than Notre Dame is right this second. Now, there are all of these other They're things in a better that spot Notre Dame. In their finish last year. They're not in a better yeah. spot like financially or long-term or anything like that. I, I, because here's, and here's the reason I point that out. And I don't think this is what you're saying at all. I think it's what some fans sometimes who throw on the blinders might think. Why would he leave Kansas State for Notre Dame? They struggled last year, and we won a Big 12. Because Notre Dame's always going to be one of the top programs in the country. That's why. Like, right, they have more money. They'll always have better recruiting. They have more access to resources to go get players. And if you're a guy like Colin Klein, and I don't know what his long-term aspirations are, they're the team that catapults you really probably if you have success there into any job that you want, right? So the, the other reality, though, in that is – Colin Klein obviously is already drawing the attention of some of these places. And if he's paid, and again, he almost certainly was. I haven't seen the reporting that he was. But Gene Taylor continues to just do everything right. And if you got Colin Klein to stay, I don't care how you did it. It it really, Tommy, like it is as good a thing for this program as you could if you had to like list the top three things that could happen for K-State in a good way, retaining him, if those other people were calling right now currently, 
is at the top of any list because it's not just about we thought that he called a good game plan. They're getting better recruits than they normally get. And I know that he's a part of that. And if everybody else wants him and you keep him, that makes your program look really good. Yeah, I also think that Colin Klein um, absolutely could be an incredible head coach. Uh, and and I think that that's something that, you know, clearly um, he would probably have interest in. I don't know that for sure. I've not, I've not seen any reporting that says that he would want to be a head coach, but I'm sure he probably does, right, for the right situation. And so I wonder if part of him staying home is the thought of, okay, look, the only way I'm going to leave is if I've got a head coaching opportunity to go somewhere else and be the head guy. Um, you know, and so I'm not suggesting that it's a lateral move to be the offensive coordinator for Kansas state and then be the offensive coordinator for Notre Dame. It's not a lateral move because yeah, the, the resources and all of that, that Notre Dame has is great, but the title is the same, right? And so maybe his thought process is look, the only way I'm going to leave Manhattan and leave home is if I've got a head coaching opportunity somewhere else. Well, and there's also the very possible, you know, reality that Iowa's going to come open at some point. And that's always the one that scared us, right, for Kleiman. And I think Colin Klein's keenly aware of that. And I don't know how honest conversations you can have um, or, or, or anything like that. But, you know, if Kleiman left tomorrow, they would elevate Klein, I'm pretty sure. Maybe not. So maybe not. But I think that they would. Because it'd be a bold move, right, to do that. But I think if you're Klein too. Here's a couple of things. We always talk about bet on yourself, right? Thanks, Fred Van Vliet, for that. But he can bet on himself now because they, they're they coming off that year, right? They're bringing in a class, and if, if it's a hit with Avery Johnson, like if Avery Johnson hits and is a great player and is there for at least three years and develops and does what he think he's, we, we think he's capable of, his success is always going to be directly tied to Colin Klein's if Colin Klein is there. And I'm telling you, if you're Colin Klein and you get the best out of a quarterback in the modern day of football, it is like the number one resume line that you can have. And so there's a bet on yourself aspect to this too. If you get this right and 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 can develop him the way you've developed these other quarterbacks now, that we've seen because you've got Will Howard to do that this year, right? You've already developed Will Howard. You sent Skylar Thompson, who nobody four years ago would have ever said will sniff the NFL. You sent him to the league. He started games this year. And now you get Will Howard and his development, and that will be in Colin Klein's checkbox, right? That's going to be all Colin yeah. Klein. And and then now you've got Avery Johnson, who's more talented, you know, at this point of his life than either of those guys were. Sky's going to be the limit for Colin Klein if he gets it right. But there's a bet on yourself aspect to that. Got to still get it right. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and I think that the, one of the other things to keep in mind, to your point about uh, having success with quarterbacks can propel you to the next level. Look no further than Chris Kleiman. We've talked about it so many different times before. Carson yep. Wentz, right? North Dakota State, NFL guy. Uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the league for a couple of years before he fell off the cliff. But regardless, Chris Kleiman got him to the NFL from a place called North Dakota State. Now he's the head coach at Kansas State. Tommy, uh, and Cliff I think that that's, Kingsbury, that's, Cliff Kingsbury yeah. went from a losing college football coach right. to head coach in the NFL right. for one yeah. reason. Yeah. 
And so I think that there is absolutely the thought in Colin Klein's mind of would I rather not only stay home, I mean, take the allure of home away from it, but not would I rather stay where I'm at right now, where I've got a clear plan at the quarterback position, not only for next year, but for the next several seasons with Avery Johnson. And I can develop this and I can, he can be my shining star and I can ride that star to a head coaching position down the road. I think that that's absolutely part of the the mindset that Colin Klein has, as opposed to, all right, I'm just going to go to a higher profile program. One that is in uh, on national television every single week where I'm not going to get the credit for the success or I will, I'll get well, blame for the failures, even if you but do, I'm not going to get yeah. the success for the credit because it's the Notre Dame brand, right? It's not the successes of the offensive coordinator necessarily where he can be at Kansas state and he can be the architect of that offense and the architect of the success of not only will Howard next year, but Avery Johnson long-term. Well, and as a player, right, he was miscast to his generation. Him as a player now would profile well in the NFL, right? Like it didn't then, it does now. Look who's in the look who's in the Super Bowl for the Eagles. So I I I think that you're right about that. I think that and it's not just Avery Johnson either. Look, you sent Skylar Thompson to the NFL in your first, you know, year sort of on the job. Nobody who who would have ever said Will Howard in the NFL in the same sentence. But I'm telling you right now. With his profile, if he has another big-time year and continues to develop, he's going to be on NFL radars next year. And so maybe you get him to go in some capacity, right? Maybe he's not driving, whatever. And then then you start the Avery Johnson project. I mean, it is appealing right now to be at K-State. And again, kudos to them for making sure he knows that, for making sure he's compensated that way, because outside of Chris Kleiman and Jerome Tang right now, there is not a more important coach on that campus, and that does not take anything away from any program. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying for the financial future and well-being and, and profile and exposure and all of those things for your university, he is the third most important coach at K-State right now. This is not the first time Colin Klein, Colin Klein has bet on himself. Don't forget, when Chris Kleiman took over for Bill Snyder, uh, Colin Klein was the co-offensive coordinator and the quarterback's coach at that time. When Kleiman took over, Colin Klein was no longer the co-offensive coordinator. He was only the quarterback's coach. And right. at that time, he very easily could have said, you know what, look, I'm, I'm out. I'm, I know I can be an offensive coordinator, so I'm going to go to another program and make that happen. And I guarantee you there would have been programs out there that would have jumped at the chance to make him the offensive coordinator at that time. You know, smaller programs and things like that. He didn't. He stayed. He bet on himself. And Uh, I mean, it was just over a year ago that he was named the offensive coordinator for Kansas State. And Chris Kleiman saw what he had and gave him that job back. And so, you know, Colin Klein has already bet on himself. I think he's going to continue to do so. Big relief for K-State fans today. Uh, Glad that that got out of the way. That was going to really bum me out if if that happened. I saw that last night. I was like, man, that would suck. Uh, But it didn't happen, so who cares? 869-1240 is the number to call Chiefs fans when we come back we're going to tell you about uh, a a special football that you could potentially get your hands on Um, the money used will go to a good cause we'll have that interview and hear about that when we return wrap up hour number one we've got picks we've got all kinds of Super Bowl preview goodness coming up in hour number two it's Sports Daily on the Friday before the Super Bowl 
right, welcome back, everybody. Joining us now on the line, Bob Iback, who's got uh, an opportunity for Chiefs fans at some interesting memorabilia. Bob, welcome back in this year. It's the time of year we've talked to you before. That's right, guys. Nice to be with you, uh, Jacob and Tommy. And, uh, yeah, I've been out there this week uh, in various markets talking about this limited edition Super Bowl football that's honoring the Chiefs and also, of course, winning their AFC title when they beat uh, uh, Cincinnati recently, and uh, we're working with a group, a uh, great charitable group, because we always try to uh, donate some of the proceeds to a charity of the choice of the ball club. And the Chiefs this year asked us to go ahead and to work with the Metropolitan Organization to counter sexual assault. It's a group that we've worked with in the past, and uh, so these uh, special footballs that I'll be describing, and then I'll be giving out a toll-free number and uh, website how fans can get these they're very limited um only 5,000 of these full-size officially licensed footballs they're approved by the nfl they're the real deal will be produced uh to help raise monies for the charity and uh every football comes with a numbered certificate of authenticity individually numbered uh they're priced at 119 dollars each and uh, everything on the various panels of the football that I'll be describing are embossed. So they're not pad printed. They'll, they'll uh, you know, you, you, the pad printed ones sometimes fade over the years. I've had some of these footballs, and because of the embossing procedure, uh, they stay pristine looking for years and years to come. I've got some from about five years ago, and they look just like they came out of the case yesterday. Now, on the top panel of the football, we will have uh, – uh, Patrick Mahomes, a, a beautiful color photograph of him right there in the center next to his career highlights and also the Chiefs championship history. The second panel right below that is kind of a uh, – we, we lay out the entire 2022 regular season and postseason schedule with the opponents, the scores, and uh, the dates of the game. So when you look at this football in years to come, you'll see exactly how they got out to face up Philadelphia coming up on Sunday out in Arizona. So it's a nice way of remembering how the season unfolded. And then the third and last panel on the football is very special. It'll have the official AFC title logo on there when they beat uh, uh, Cincinnati 23-20. And then we'll also have the Super Bowl official 57 logo there in Roman numerals. And uh, this has been approved by the NFL, so we're allowed to do that. And if the uh, the Chiefs go on and win this thing, we will put Super Bowl champions and add that right below that Super Bowl logo. So you get all that information on this football. Only uh, 5000 will ever be made. We're about halfway sold out. They're $119 each. Here's how you can order these. And when you go to the website, an idea is you can download a, a card there. You can use it for maybe uh, upcoming Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, Father's Day. These footballs will be sent to you at the end of April, early May, and uh, but the embossing takes a little extra longer to make them special. Here's the phone number to order. It's 1-800-345-2868, 1-800-345-2868, or simply go right to the website. You can see it there and order it online, nikosports.com. You spell it N I K. COsports.com. Again, that's N-I-K-C-O-Sports.com. 
or that phone number, 800-345-2868. And uh, guys, in closing, I, I wanted to thank you and your audience there in, in, in Wichita that we've worked with you before in the last oh, five, six years. We're up to over $3.1 million that we've raised for charities, and I know a good part of that has come out of your area and your station. So a big shout-out to all your listeners and yourselves. All right, Bob Ivak, thank you. 1-800-345-2868, nikosports.com, N-I-K-C-O, sports.com. Get your hands on one of those football's Chiefs fans if you'd like. Bob, we appreciate it, and, man, we're probably going to be doing this again next year the way the Chiefs are rolling. Well, I, I hope so, and certainly we'd love to check back with the next next week if they get the job done. I gotta. My forecast is the thirty to twenty four victory for Kansas City. There it is, thirty to twenty four. We're gonna make our picks. That's good timing, Bob, because that's in our next segment. We appreciate it, Bob. Let's do it again soon. Sports Daily. Paul Savage joins us. We're gonna pick some props. We're picking the game. We're putting it all out there. Next. 